The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out of the bad seat. Broken day to bad. I boot a bad. I just hang around a bitch. Bad. Out of bad. Tape bad. Lie bad. Do bad. Red. Bad. It's bad vibes. We are live in the Farrell Palatial. Right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to cut up her flower and smoke it in a vaporizer with a little whiskey sour. Shake out a move in New York City. People dress in plastic bags, directors driving, sunk on a fashion, shake it up, she do All my friends that come around, flats, flats, and party, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, but a mess, this town's tight, and my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, Jamaica, CDV. <laughs> I got it in, Carver High. At the end, there was a little flat tire at the end there. Yeah, you almost blew one coming around the final turn, but but you got there. I mean, you, you dragged it there, but you got there. You got to the finish. There's no question. I don't know about that. <laughs> I just, how many times have I told you that uh, that's more brutal to do than you think? <laughs> Every day, the same, the same thing five million times. You've mentioned it uh, several times. You have, uh, you have spoken about it. Yes. Do you think most people would do it, would like just tape it and run it and do like – have you ever seen the Liberty clean Mutual? One, just tape one clean one, and then you right. just use that every day. Yeah, do you remember the Liberty Mutual commercial with the actor that's got, like, down on his luck actor, and he's got, like, he can't do the, he can't remember the lines because he's a bake face, and he's just, he's a mess, and they, they eventually get a voiceover guy to do it. He can't even do that right. He can't, like, lip sync it in timing-wise with the guy that's, you know, doing the voiceover. <laughs> Have you ever seen him? No. No, you haven't seen that? That is crazy. Everyone's seen that. So anyway, the question has been, would I do it every night live, always, forever? And I do. And I always warn him. I tell him, I said, there's going to be just days when I butcher that on live television and radio. I'm just going to butcher it. And it's coming. It's just inevitable. Like, I, I got early Alzheimer's. How am I supposed to remember all these damn poems? <laughs> Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Splattered all over Manhattan, shake it up, shadoobie. Did I get it right there, uh, Carver High? Yeah, you, you finished the final lap now. You got the last corner in, you came in, and you, and you finished strong. So you got it done. So how many times would you say over the years that, uh, like, can you count them on one hand or two hands, how many times I butchered that? What would you say? Is it about once um, or twice a year? I would say in five, whatever it is, four or five years, I think it's probably one hand. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's not often. It doesn't happen very often. It's one hand. These things happen, right? They happen. Everything happens. Everybody dies, Alex. Uh, anyway, um, there's so many things to talk about. You know, we didn't get a chance really uh, today, you know, because we're just hauling ass when we're doing coast to coast, right? But the Cam Newton story obviously is huge. Are we going to... Uh, do that tonight, aren't we? We got a whole thing going on tonight, don't we, Carver High? Talking about it. Yeah, so we're going to talk to Chris Price at the Boston uh, Globe. And that's in the second hour uh, about Cam Newton. But I mean, at the very least, I'm willing to say it now. Uh, what did you think? You're a Bills fan. I mean, what did you think when you. Uh, saw that they got him because uh, right. you heard me. I don't know. Coast to coast today. I I said, I still think the guy's got all kinds of game left in him. I'd be shocked if yeah. he didn't, you know, if he's healthy perform at a high level there. Yeah. You know, obviously they're better right now than they were two days ago. Um, going into the season, being a bills fan, you looked across at the Patriots and you saw Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer. And you thought like everybody else has been thinking, all right. I mean, this is our year. This is the year that we finally got to break through and win a division title, you know, something like that. And when you see Cam go there, it does change uh, your feeling a little bit because if he's the Cam that we saw take the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, if he's the Cam that we saw win an MVP, if he's that Cam, then you're going to be worried. If you're a fan of the other teams in that division, you are going to be worried. Now, is he still that Cam? I know that you feel he still has that game. But he's missed a lot of the last two years with various injuries. And it and it it's troubling to me that it took three plus months, you know, for him to to find another team. You know, that that kind of I, I, you know, I know you heard the reports, you know, Cleveland talked to him, but nobody else really offered him a deal. That kind of worries me. Is, is the word around the league on the inside that he's shot? But if he was shot, why would Belichick take a shot on him? Yeah, I mean, uh, bottom line is this, is that, um, uh, and I've acknowledged all of these things uh, previously. Look, the guy had his shoulder operated on twice, right? So he's obviously uh, injured his shoulder, 
And speaking from experience, I've injured mine. I tore my rotator and labrum right off the bone. I got 15 uh, hooks and screws in there right now. And uh, I'm constantly dealing with that, like worried about that. And I'll never forget one day I was playing and this dude came uh, barreling through the lane, like on a power, like he was trying to just go hard to the rack. And he was, uh, he was a leaper and everything else. And he, he could dunk and, and all the rest. And I was like in his way. And, uh, I went up to block the shot and his, his weight and momentum of his drive, just like coming at the 10, he was moving so fast and hard that it just like, it jacked my arm back and my shoulder. And I felt it, uh, like scar tissue. I definitely felt it, uh, tear. I felt something bad. And I was like, uh, I'm talking about this is, you know, recent, like within a year or two ago. I'm not talking about when I tore it. When I tore it, it was over. I mean, I, I'll never forget playing that day. Uh, Mafia was there, I think. What happened was is that I went down on cement, right? And uh, I dove and uh, I ended up uh, flying off the cement into the grass, into like uh, like a, you know, whatever that was around the basketball court. Right. Like, and I dove in there and uh, I landed and it tore right off the bone. Like just, I mean, it was gone right then and there. I knew I was like, Oh my God. Plus I uh, broke ribs and uh, the whole thing, I got really messed up. And um, I went to, I went home. Like, I remember when it happened, they were like, get up, you pee, get up. Come on, let's go, you know, finish up. Let's go. Let's go. You know, people were, I'm laying in agony. I was literally in agony and uh, just dying. And then I ended up getting up, going home. It never got better. It just got worse as the day went on. I was icing it for hours. Nothing changed. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Eventually, I went to the hospital and had surgery. Nine months later, right, I had, uh, nine months later, I could lift my arm up and windmill it. Nine months, 10 months, something like that. So everyone I've ever seen that gets that rotator labrum, they end up having, you know, you're sleeping in a chair for like, you know, three, four months. It's not like you can just lay down. It's crazy, that injury, right? And I don't even think he had that. Like maybe once he had that, right? I, I don't know about the second time. I think the second time he just had like a, maybe a Carver I am wrong, but like some kind of a tear in there, right? So obviously uh, the guys had some uh, shoulder surgeries. So that's where the concern is. I don't believe just because you break a bone in your foot that your your uh, career's over, right? At all. I, you know, guys do it all the time. I've had multiple foot injuries, multiple. And I just don't even, like, I play ball like crazy, right? So I know every injury. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, I know everything. And uh, you could break your foot and play again many times. You, you could break it three or four times, five times. You got, I broke every finger on both hands 10 times. I got one, I got two of them right now. I, it happens to me so much. I don't even know anymore when they're broken. There's, I broke them so many times. I go to bed, like I sleep and my hands go numb. I can't feel them and stuff. It's the worst. So this guy's had bad injuries, Cam Newton, right? Fair enough. But at some level, he, you know, he's a badass, right? Like if I can play through all this stuff, don't tell me that dude can't play through it. And, and, you know, for 
what I'm seeing, Carver High, he's healthy, like working out, training. Everybody's saying like the Patriots wouldn't have given him this deal right. if they didn't see him and know that he's in shape. Like I think secretly, privately, I think incognito, he's basically in shape. I think he's about ready to explode on people's asses right now is what I think. Uh, and he's just been in hiding. And he's just he's going to come out and be like, you remember me? How you like me now? Because you know he's got it in him to do it. Like he could be the biggest D ever. This guy. Yeah. He and he's a- got a whole he's got a whole thing going with his you know relationship with people and the media and you know doubters. He definitely has the thing for them. And that's a big factor because you're getting a Cam Newton who is going to have a major chip on his shoulder. You could tell right. he is not happy with how he was treated in Carolina, with everything that he did for that franchise to basically be, let's be fair here, uh, cast aside, thrown away. Uh, He's got a major chip, and he's going to a place where they win a lot. He's going to the best coach in the NFL. He's going into a situation where if he is healthy, he can succeed, no doubt about it. And here's If he is good, Scotty, and he's ready to go and he's good to play, as a Bills fan, the one thing that kind of I look at and I go, all right, I I think that we can handle this is because – there's so many guys with the Bills organization now who were with Cam in Carolina that they maybe, you know, they know a lot about him. Whether it be Sean McDermott, who was the DC in Carolina, Mario Addison, Josh Norman, they've got a bunch of guys on D who are on the same team as Cam. They played against him in practice, et cetera, et cetera. And that could help the Bills as well down the road when they play the Patriots twice this year, if Cam is at his best. Yeah, I won't deny that that's uh, part of it. Uh, and that that's in play, right? That knowledge, experience, uh, being on the same team, knowing a guy that I, I won't deny that that's uh, in play. Part of the uh, price you pay when you play in the NFL, like a lot of these guys, it's all about relationships, right? I played with this guy. I played with that guy. I know him. I played with him in college. I played with him in the pros. I played against him. I played against him twice a year. I played against him 15, 20 times. In my career, I played in divisional games with them, blah, blah, blah. They know everything, right? Fair enough. It, but it still comes down to, on Sundays, making plays. So you can know a guy like the back of your hand. It's He can still burn you on a Sunday. You make that wrong move, the wrong step, the wrong look, turn the wrong shoulder, uh, hesitate one second, and you're getting roasted in the hizzy. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell, I'm going to bench with you. Uh, We bring in uh, Ricardo, our sports business and legal insider from Harvard, on uh, the bench tonight. On Mondays, you can catch him on Coast to Coast and on FOTB. 
Uh, he's, uh, I'm assuming, in D.C. now, finally resting comfortably in some hotel after he drove from uh, Boston to uh, our nation's capital this afternoon. Very good. That is correct. Good job. There you go. I was, uh, we were talking about uh, Cam Newton here on the show, and I want to get uh, your opinion of, uh, in the sense of, you know, I basically said in a nutshell, the guy I think has certainly um, been of late, I think, in a uh, strange predicament, like, you know, having no job, no gig, no offers, no anything really. Meanwhile, I think that he's, you know, been hiding out and in, you know, getting in shape, training, getting just monstrous, like, and I think he's healthy right now. Obviously, they had to have seen something in some level of some capacity that he's healthy. Otherwise, they would have never done the deal. Belichick gets him. And uh, you know what this guy's capable of. I know he's had injuries, shoulders. I know he's had the broken foot, all the rest. Everyone at, at some young age, you know, before you and I got old, at some young age, we recovered from injuries a lot quicker than you do when you're old, but he's not old. So at some level, he's going to get better. And if he plays healthy, he is still dangerous is what I believe. What do you think? Incentive laden contract, much more mobile than Brady was. He's no Tom Brady, but this goes from a six and 10 team, maybe to I don't know, a nine, a nine and seven, 10 and six, but you never know. I mean, they could catch fire with Belichick's offense. You got to assume that he's going to figure stuff out that nobody else would have had him do. And so as a Dolphin fan, you know that this makes the Patriots relevant again. What do you think happens if, uh, you know, to the NFL, I I guess nothing happens if they end up uh, winning and, you know, hosting like a title game at Foxborough again. Like, can you imagine if this guy walks into that job and Belichick coaches his ass off with this team that he's already got? They lost several players. And obviously Brady uh, at the top of the mountain, but they lost other guys as well. Van Noy, et cetera. It goes on and on. But the bottom line is, what would you do? What would the league do besides nothing? I guess they just have to deal with it. If they got back into a position of power where they're in the title game again at Foxborough or something. Suck it up. And here go the Patriots again. Right. So, you know, they didn't lose Gronkowski because he had retired already. Uh, you never know. They're always been weak at tight end now uh, before after the murder. And so, you know, the, the, the bottom line is they're a work in progress. But uh, all of a sudden, they became a better football team overnight, and they became an interesting football team overnight. I, I, I wish I was a day later in New England so I could have kind of tested reaction yesterday when I was up there because, you know, the key, kind of kidding around is Jared Stidham. What, what is he going to do? Well, he might turn out okay, but I don't think he's going to get the chance now. Yeah, I mean, uh, who would you play uh, in the scenario that of what they have? I mean, if I walk into camp day one, I mean, right now, before they even go, before they even go to camp, right now, I'm Bill Belichick. I've already, I've already made my choice. <laughs> it's Cam Newton. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, you know, he didn't give up much, if anything. No, no, you know, no. No draft picks. Uh, the contract is incentive laden, so not that big a deal there. And if Cam Newton gets injured or if he doesn't play well, well, you were planning on Stidham anyway without Cam Newton, so no harm, no foul. Right. So 
Uh, and then do you think they uh, care at all about that fine and their problems with the Bengals and filming sidelines and losing draft picks? Do you think they even care about that? Well, they'll care about the draft picks, but, you know, I, I, I assume that they were prepared for something like that. And as, as long as it wasn't, you know, every single draft pick in the next hundred years, they're going to be okay with it. And I think, we'll move on and it's not the worst that's happened to the Patriots by the national football league. And there's a love hate relationship between them right now. It's probably more hate than love. So uh, Josh Allen of the Bills said that uh, it's not going to be that big of a deal, not having Tom Brady on the uh, Patriots. Uh, uh, That's maybe, (laughs) craziest thing I've ever heard but now they've yeah, got I don't know Cam why, Newton what well but why would why would he why would he stir that stuff up you know it's like locker room talk we haven't had uh, any media reaction about any of this stuff recently and here we go now so you know I guess the bills are still uh, what, what what's the what's the what's Vegas say about the bills right now I guess the bills Chances just got uh, went down a little bit because of Cam Newton, but not a lot. I assume the the Bills are still the favorites, although I don't know. You know that uh, Carver High right now is is either seething mad or wants to punch you in the face. Being a well, Bills fan. Well, hold on. Yeah, just to be fair with Josh here, all <laughs> Josh would all that Josh was trying to say was that. As far as how they look at the Patriots, even though Brady isn't there anymore, nothing to them has changed. They are still a very well-run organization. They are still a very good football team. I think all that he was trying to say was, even though Brady's not there anymore, the Patriots still matter. And the Patriots are still the team to beat in the AFC East. I think that's all Josh was saying. Oh, now well, that's a little uh, bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. So, well, okay, think, score one for you. you. Congratulations. Okay, so do you think who wins the division, Rick? Dolphins. Uh, Chad Pennington. Uh, how about Chad Pennington? Uh, huh? Carver, <laughs> last, did you hear that? Time, <laughs> yeah, how about that? Last time Rick running to the window with that dolphin ticket. Yeah, right. Well, you know, get your playoff tickets now, right? Uh, the last time the Dolphins were uh, there with a, uh, I guess that was the Castle quarterback year when the Dolphins won the. AFC East and Pennington was the comeback player of the year. You know, I'm thinking with my heart and not my head right yes. now. I just can't figure out the Dolphins had 400,000 draft picks and people still think that these stupid mock 2021 draft pick um, mock drafts have them picking in the top five, which means they're supposed to suck again. I don't, I don't want to believe that. I, I don't want to believe that my team has yet another year of rebuilding. Come on. Do you think that uh, Tua will uh, start at quarterback? Like, because everyone thinks that uh, Fitzmagic is, you know, going to start and the kid's going to stand on the sideline and learn, watch and learn. Do you uh, think that is applicable anymore in this day and age? Or do you uh, draft him and play him? Well, first of all, uh, I like uh, Fitzmagic uh, very much because, as you know, as a Harvard guy, he's smarter than everybody else on the field. That goes without right. saying. That's uh, right. But in all, in all seriousness, right? And, but in all seriousness, uh, when you look at his pedigree, right, he starts he's kind of a fast starter, and then everybody in the league catches up to him. So if he starts well the first few games of the season, 
and then Tua is primed to come off the bench. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. I, I really, I really don't. I'm not in any rush to see the kid play. I certainly don't want to see him play before he's ready. And Liar. frankly, no, 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 no. Seriously, you know why? Because I, I don't, I don't want him playing with any, you know, broken hip or a hip that's not ready. Uh, and the only guy that I've heard tell me that he's in really, really good football shape is Lee Steinberg, who, you know, I like Lee Steinberg a lot, but as an agent, I, I can't do any more than just assume that the guy's puffing it. Uh, and he got his man and the Dolphins got their, their man. But uh, yeah, right. So after all of that comment, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to see didn't the guy get, start doing more. He, You're absolutely right. Didn't he get Mahomes too? Yeah. So, so I was at the – well, I got Mahomes a year before, but, I, yeah, two years, three years before. I, I was flying back uh, from the playoff Houston uh, monumental blown playoff game in Kansas City. So Lee Steinberg switches from a Mahomes T-shirt, basically on the Southwest plane, right. to, a, to a T-shirt because he's meeting to his family uh, in, uh, in New Orleans uh, mm-hmm. for the game. So he's got both. It's, uh, you know, the guy's made a great comeback after he right. fell from grace. And now he's got the, uh, who, who, the guy that could be the most exciting quarterback in this year's crop of QBs. What a, what a story to go from, uh, you know, top of the world. Like he used to have like the, the greatest Super Bowl bash ever every year at, at that. I mean, that week it was just his bash was the deal. It was the one and only that one and the commissioners, you know, the league party, which is even better. And then the guy drank himself almost to death and then got sober and then fought his way all the way back uh, into his career again after losing everything, right? And then now he's got two of the hottest commodities in the NFL in his uh, barn. It really, it really is unbelievable. So uh, when we come back uh, in the next uh, segment, I want to talk to Rick about whether his uh, daughter is now uh, not listening to him anymore because uh, she's like off at Harvard or something doing law school. And once they get there and they, you know, emulate their parents, then they pass them. What they do is they pass them yeah. and then they let you know it. And it's coming either. Well, you know why they I know that. You know why they passed them? Because, because I ran out of money. Yeah. I ran out of money. That's why they passed me. They ran out of money because of tuition. Uh, I've yeah. got, she's got a uh, learning deal where she's uh, doing it uh, by remote, by computer. But yeah, I still got to pay the full tuition. What's that all about? So, so here's the deal. Haro had to pay for all of them to go to school, undergrad, law school, the whole deal. And now uh, she's no longer listening to him. So he was up in Boston and she was giving him the business uh, this weekend. We're going to talk about that next on Front Bench. All right, Pharrell on the bench, Rick Harrell with us. So your daughter's in law school, and uh, at what point do they pass you and then uh, stop listening to you? Uh, when she was 12. <laughs> but, but probably from law school, the day she was admitted. Uh, so, uh, you know, law school's a real interesting thing because she's into health care and uh, kind of delivery of health care, and now we have a whole worldwide pandemic for her to practice on. I wish she had found something else to do. And of all the courses she wanted to take, 
in law school, the last thing in the world she wanted to do was sports law. And I said, come on, take the course. So well, why should I do that? I've been doing this with you for like, you know, 22 years. Why would I want to do any more of it? So I get it. I understand. And, and so, uh, you know, she's going to all the Ivy League football games. Uh, by the way, Ivy League still hasn't made an announcement about whether they're going to play football this fall. Uh, if they don't, it'll be the first of the uh, Division One set of conferences to formally back away. And there's some real discussion about whether they will or not. Uh, Robin Harris is the commissioner. Hopefully there's a way to hang on to this because they didn't get any March Madness money. They've got a good TV contract that Friday night uh, football. And uh, they, uh, you know, they, they don't need the money when you think about it. But on the other hand, they don't get subsidies from anybody else. They're on their own. And obviously football isn't as lucrative as it is with the Power Five. So God bless the Ivy League. Yeah, my buddy's a coach in the uh, Ivy League in basketball at Princeton. So that's another school. Like, yeah, he's a coach, but you're a, a you know a Harvard guy. So when they're, you know, uh, they, you know, Carver High, they look down on all the other schools. Did you notice when I said Princeton, there was like this dull pause oh, of just oh, he won't time. even respect. Yeah, I, he oh, won't Harvard even respect. crowd, yeah. come on, he Harvard crowd, come on. Princeton, Princeton is this little town in New Jersey that has a school <laughs> next to it. And, and Yale, you know, we just kind of br- br- we, 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 we brush that by on the way up to Boston. Listen to him stammering while he says it. Uh, let me ask you, what did you, what did you think of uh, Howard Schnellenberger, our boy, who uh, got the uh, Bear Bryant Lifetime Achievement Award for all that hard work he did in the state of Florida and at uh, Coral Gables, and certainly the reason why they have a football stadium in Boca Raton, Florida, at lovely Florida Atlantic University. Yeah, you know, well-deserved, by the way, and, and no, I've known Howard for a long time, and uh, he uh, and Don Shula uh, had commiserated and spent a lot of time in the last year or two. You know, Don has now passed, and uh, Howard's Howard's getting up there. I, I spent some time with him last year. Couldn't happen at a better time for him, so we can kind of take advantage of this. Uh, he had, uh, you know, great time in Louisville, right? Amazing time at University of Miami. Pretty good time at Florida Atlantic. Not so good at Oklahoma, but it doesn't really matter. It's the whole body of work. And by the way, great time with the Dolphins. People don't remember that he was a great college head coach, brought the Hurricanes back to prominence. But, uh, you know, he cut his teeth under Shula as a coach of the Dolphins in that perfect season. Yeah, that's great. So uh, you see these guys all signing with clutch sports, like Trey Young's going there, that Anthony Edwards kid at Georgia, I think. He hired him. Uh, I guess these players, and certainly in basketball, want to be near that LeBron James brand, right? And the LeBron James uh, uh, company that's attracting $100 million to make movies. You know, we talked about earlier that uh, Kobe uh, and LeBron had this little competition, friendly, who was the best movie maker, basketball player, creative guy. I think Kobe was more creative, God bless him, and uh, LeBron more of a hardcore how-to-raise-money businessman. But clearly, you know, his company with Maverick Carter is spending a lot of money, and then Clutch is just part of the whole empire. 
So he's doing a real good job. Uh, you know, his practices at El Segundo, he's just not sitting there doing nothing uh, with the Lakers. He's making some coin. Yeah, he is. What did you think of your boy Stephen Ross donating uh, $13 million to uh, combat racism? Uh, and then even, what was it? Was it Kenny Stills who said it wasn't enough money? Yeah, you know, Kenny Stills has had a ongoing feud with Steve. One of the reasons maybe why he's no longer a Dolphin. But let's remember that Steve Ross has this uh, rise entity which has every commissioner on the board of directors and every owner on it as well. And he really did put his money where his mouth is. So PSAs and other messages, uh, he's given a lot of money to a lot of different people, including obviously the Ross Business School at University of Michigan. But, uh, you know, this is not one of those things that Steve Ross uh, has to do. It's one of those things that he wanted to do beyond just his deal with Rise. And I'm not sure why anybody would question somebody's motive about, well, give more. Uh, it's an individual choice. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't frankly get it, but that's okay. So um, Under Armour is trying to get out of that $280 million deal with UCLA. What are the odds that they'll uh, be able to do that? I don't think they'll be able to get out of it totally, but I think they'll renegotiate it. And I think UCLA will find somebody else and then, you know, they'll subtract the damages against it with the new deal that they'll find. I don't know about this UCLA program. Remember three weeks ago, there was this discussion about players not wanting to play for Chip Kelly, not because he wasn't a good coach, but they were a little worried about the COVID-19 protections for the athletes. And again, this wasn't a Chip Kelly issue. It's the UCLA Health Department protecting him issue. You know, now comes the uh, 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 retail contract. And some people say that's the beginning of the unwinding of the shoe contracts with colleges because there's just not enough money going around. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. I don't think we're going to have a wholesale leaving the reservation right now. I think that's a big deal. And maybe the deals will be extended and maybe you get a free year out of it because of this year. But I don't think it's the end of them by any means. So, um, you know, the Texas Rangers uh, have a couple things going on. One, they got a new uh, stadium, right, that nobody's going yeah, into yet. Stadium. Right. right. So they got this brand nobody's new, going it. right, brand new spanking facility, billion plus dollars, right? So, and then uh, people are making fun of it ad nauseum, saying that it's uh, basically ugly and that it looks like a warehouse, et cetera. And then uh, they have multiple, multiple employees testing positive for the uh, COVID. And um, I guess there's other employees, right, that are uh, terrified for their safety and that they uh, reportedly, allegedly forced them to work or something of this nature. Are you hearing about any of this uh, dangerous stuff going on down in Arlington? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that stuff in terms of, you know, forcing an employee to go to a stadium and get sick. That, that to me, sounds kind of ridiculous. What they are thinking about is bringing as many fans as they possibly can into the stadium as early as the opening. Uh, HKS or the architects that built it. Uh, I'm not sure about the garage thing, but it's going to make the Rangers a lot more money because a lot more concession areas, 
a lot more suites, and it fits a market like Dallas, which has a lot of money. And remember, that firm not only gets the Globe Life opening in a couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, but also they did SoFi Stadium, the $5 billion deal in Los Angeles, which will open up, assuming the NFL plays, in September. So it's a big deal for that firm. More important, big deal for the Rangers. The governor says we're going to open Texas. So the Astros and the Rangers, they said we're going to be the only two major league teams that would actually have fans at the beginning of the uh, of the season. I'm not sure after all the stuff that's happening in Texas right now that's really going to happen. So how do you feel about uh, the way the golf has handled the you know, business at hand of having tournaments with no fans and the COVID and all the protocols with, you know, several players leaving because of positive tests. Others uh, have withdrawn uh, now for this week's tournament. A lot of them withdrew from uh, from Cromwell, Connecticut, at the Travelers. Now they're withdrawing yeah. from the Rocket Mortgage this week, a lot of them. And then a lot of them are saying, you know, I, I need a rest. I need to go home. Yeah, Rory, I guess, said he's going home. He needs a rest. And I said on the show today, he must, it must be tough winning that, you know, $1.8 million he made the last three weeks uh, playing in those hack tournaments he's been playing in that don't matter to him at all except for raking money because uh, I love Rory. He's my favorite player. But I'm just saying, like, he needs a break. A break from what? Making money? <laughs> like, I mean, he just yeah. well, he just go out and golf all, and make we millions. All, we all need breaks from making money. You know, I, 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 you and I played last week, and, and yeah, we need a break from golf. That, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. But we asked me about the tournaments, and I think Jay Monahan is handling it just as well as you possibly can. You bring in the players in. I've watched the ends of all three tournaments. Dustin Johnson hitting the ball 330 on the 18th hole, about 30 yards farther than any other drive, and had a wedge to the green. All he had to do was was a, a par and he wins the tournament he wins now every year he's been on tour and frankly when you get in the middle of these tournaments you don't even notice the fans not there unless there's a lousy shot to the green then it keeps going and going as opposed to getting stuck in the grandstands and so i think he's doing well i also think that you know he's a realist just like everybody else is and you know if you can open up you're going to have people test positive not everybody but then the question is how do you quarantine how do you send people home it's just a, unfortunately, like it or not, it's a cost of doing business. And I think the tour has done very well. Ratings have been amazing. I think they've got another couple of weeks before there's any competition from anybody. Who knows if baseball is really going to start? Hockey hasn't announced a start date yet. Basketball doesn't start for four weeks. And so golf runs the show, except for NASCAR. But golf really runs the show. Now we got Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, but then we got two straight tournaments in Ohio, one with fans, one without fans, one with the rough growing, one without. So it's the same course for Jack Nicholas's hosting, but it feels like two different tournaments, I'm told. It'll be fun. So NBC uh, takes over the U.S. Open, USGA events from Fox. They spent $1.2 billion on golf. How'd that go for them? Fox, you know, it, it, you know, you and I both have talked about this before. Uh, Fox does racing well. I guess they do the World Series well. Um, they've Football. done other stuff well. Golf, as hard as they could try, 
I don't think they did it as well as certainly NBC did. Now NBC gets it back, and there are just certain things you assume is great. CBS and the Masters, uh, CBS is a lot of the other events. Uh, the British Open was ABC, so not CSPN, and, and obviously NBC getting some tournaments back. It'll be fun to see. Uh, I have 30 seconds. How about NASCAR? They're canceling their awards banquet in Nashville. They used to have it in New York City and Las Vegas. They've canceled the one in Nashville now. Well, you know, they're trying to think ahead about crowds, and they're assuming that uh, crowds are not good and they can certainly cancel that stuff and reinstate eventually, but they're not going to do it now. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, NASCAR uh, has a whole bunch of events that are happening with no fans, including Indy this next week. And then they'll bring fans slowly. Not no fans, but a small number of fans. So, All right, Rick. Uh, you know, we'll uh, NASCAR, Indy 2 as well. So we're good. So uh, just real quick, as I've run out of time, I know Rick's parked at one of those hotels where you can par- park your car right in front of the door to the hotel room, and there's like an air conditioning unit there. Uh, make sure you put the chain on the door tonight, Haro. I'll see you. Thanks for coming on the match. I got to go. <laughs> Relevant events. I'm watching the end of this Eddie Sutton uh, special, and um, you know, the year before in 2019, he didn't get into the Hall of Fame, and he looked like uh, somebody stole his puppy when uh, he got the news, and and then in 2020 he got in finally into the Hall of Fame, and then like a few weeks later he died, and um, I, just seeing him at the end uh, of his life, and what a life. What a career coaching, obviously. I mean, just an incredible story, right? But great coach, without a doubt. Uh, no one can argue that at all. So, but just to see him at the end, oh my God, like, oh, it was so sad. I, I didn't even, seriously, I, I couldn't even recognize him. Like, he had gotten so old. No offense, no disrespect meant. Like, he was so old, I, I couldn't even recognize him anymore. Like, it didn't even look like him. I would have never guessed that it was him, right? Like, you see people your whole life. I remember watching him uh, his entire career coach, right? And he was older than me, but I saw him coach a lot. And uh, then at the end, like, I had n- no comprehension whatsoever that it was him. They showed him he looked like he was 120. And I was just sitting there looking at him going, I don't even know that. I, I was like, I can't even recognize him. I was staring at him. I'm like, that's Eddie Sutton. I go, honestly, I couldn't even uh, figure it out. That's what I guess. I mean, I've seen it. Obviously, I've been around a lot of old people and I've been around a lot of, uh, you know, people in failing health and dying cancer, you name it. I've seen it. I've been through all that gamut. I just buried everyone I know the last few years. So, but to see him that way, I just didn't even, I couldn't even comprehend it. I couldn't recognize him. So, but then when he got in at the end, I was so happy that he got into the Hall of Fame and then died like weeks later. It's crazy how it works out. At least he got to go out with a bang and get in there, you know? And what a huge family he had in in basketball. Nothing but respect for uh, Eddie Sutton. Go another hour on a bit.